This morning on Across the Cavs, we welcome Ben Jones of the Hardwood Hoops Podcast. We're talking Sexton, Osman, Windler, Stevens, who deserves the minutes? Who should the Cavs use the last roster spot on? And maybe, just maybe, some trivia. Let's get to it! Everyone's favorite time of the year is right around the corner. College football season. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly. If you bet $1 or more on any college football game, so make sure you take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard that right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what. Your favorite school's got a game. Why not win big? They win. You bet. You win. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code TBPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly. For a limited time only, only at DraftKings. And reminder, you must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. You can see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Again, for a limited time only. $200 in free bets only at DraftKings. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs. It is August 18th, 2021, which means it's been 15 years since Scott, interesting hairstyle choice, Pollard, signed with the Cleveland Cavaliers. That man was a walking salon of sorts over the course of his career. You never know what team he's on, what it's going to look like. Who knows? I mean, most of his hair was shaved off during his time with Cleveland with a little blonde action in the middle. But Scott Paul was a solid contributor. And as he quoted on my tweet today, he said, I signed with the Cavs and they went to the finals. And yes, that is true. The only time without Kyrie in Cavs history, they made the finals or excuse me, without Kevin Love and LeBron together. They also made it without Kyrie. The one time they had Scott Pollard, that was in the 06-07 season. So, yeah, there's that. And also, Jay Gittinger is another year older. Gittinger, excuse me, Jay Gittinger. He played Division II college basketball at the University of Minnesota Duluth. He is their only NBA player. He was born on this day in 1969. He played 64 games over two seasons, 1.5 points, 1.5 rebounds per the numbers. Aside, you go from D2 to the NBA is a big deal. And of course, right now for the Cavs, Broderick Thomas, Truman State University, is trying to fight for a roster spot for another season. He, too, uh, Division II. So just a quick history lesson before we take it back to the present right now with our man. He is a co-host of the Hardwood Hoops podcast. He knows his calves. He's been on to talk history and other bits as well. His name is Ben Jones, and I'm happy to welcome him back to the podcast for a third time. Thank you so much for having me. I love coming on. It's uh, it's a real privilege. Absolutely. So, uh, Ben, how's the weather where you are today? Because by me, we are about to get a tropical hurricane-style weather uh, later this evening. Um, it's, for once, it's actually quite nice here. 
but I'm not going to jinx things. So hopefully it holds. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we will. We will. We will see how the weather does. But, you know, in Cleveland, the weather is heating up because Colin Sexton is a guy that had up to scoring average to 24 points per game last season. And Ben, I think he is due for yet another big season, especially because for the first time in his professional life, he is playing for a lot of money this coming season. Yeah, he's got a bit of a, a kind of point to prove in order to get that big contract that he'll obviously be searching for. And he has been making some really, really positive steps every league in the season. If you, if you look at his development and the way he's, he's come on since coming into the league. Um, and I've got no doubt in my mind that he can definitely take another step forward in this coming season. Yeah. And a lot of the issue, I don't even, I don't understand why it was so highlighted because Colin Sexton, yes, he was technically listed as a point guard his first two years, but he averaged three assists a game. And I feel, and then he went up to 4.4 last season. I think, uh, Ben, too much is made of his quote-unquote lack of assists because it's very rare that guards are criticized for lack of assists. I feel like he's a much better passer than anyone's ever given him credit for. Yeah, he's definitely got that ability to pass. And I think a lot of the basketball these days, if you look around the league and things, um, it's not the point guard that is distributing the ball as much anymore. It's really shared between everybody. I think that's kind of uh, maybe a a LeBron effect that your forwards can pass too. And and now you've got people like Draymond and Jokic that can pass from sort of any position. So I I don't know if him not passing the ball as much in theory is a big deal if you've got the other people around him that are willing to help facilitate and get everybody involved. Because – He's such a good scorer. I think that's where you want him to be kind of taking the ball and going with it. Um, if you've got other people around him that can help with that assisting, then, I mean, the, the ceiling's so high for this guy. Yeah, so two noticeable trends I see here are – actually, three trends. The first – four trends, excuse me, regardless. <laughs> the first is field goal makes. He's gone from 6.3 a game as a rookie to 7.9 to 8.8. The field goal percentage has increased from 43 to 47.2 to 47.5. While the field goal attempts have increased, the percentage has increased. And however, this isn't significant yet. His three-point percentage went from 40 to 38 to 37, while also increasing the attempts per game. Free throw percentage was a career low 81% a season ago. What's the most noticeable thing for you there, Ben? Because I think for me, it's the fact that his overall field goal percentage has increased with the number of attempts. And that basically just means he's taking more and making more at an effective clip. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that shows on his, his point per game have gone from 16 to 20 to 24. Um, he's a great scorer. Uh, it does take a while. You'll see a lot of younger players to sort of develop that three point shot, especially if they are good at kind of slashing the ball or, or getting in around the rim. Um, but I think that will definitely come. I mean, it takes time to develop these things. He's been in the league, what, three years now? He's 22 years old. He's got room to keep growing, keep developing. But that increase in field goal attempts and the percentage going up with it is a really, really good, confident sign that, that uh, Sexton is, I mean, he's a, he's a baller. He's, he's a scorer and he's good at what he does. 
Yeah, no, there's no question about it. I'm very excited to continue to watch his growth. And I think maybe it's going to be hard because you look at guards that are known for their ability to score over the years. And I'm honestly going to put Colin Sexton right now in a group with three guys. Those guys are CJ McCollum, Monte Ellis, and Kevin Martin. And I think you know exactly what I'm getting at here, Ben. These are all guys that are big contributors. And, I, and they've all been to the playoffs at least once or twice. I do think Colin will be there very soon in the Cavs uniform. But none of those guys were ever all-stars. I think it's, it's shocking that Monte never did. CJ has always been very good, but it's never been a crazy thing he hasn't gotten in because he hasn't been to that level. Kevin Martin, I think, probably deserved a spot. But I think Colin, Ben, will be the first of the four to get in. I don't know when. So let's talk this year. Looking at the All-Star game, we're going to assume that the one thing the NBA still hasn't figured out is when you expand active roster, you should expand All-Star roster because why do you have 12 active All-Stars per year on each side when you have now 13 active players in a regular game on each side? Those two spots make a massive difference. But assuming they forget to fix it again and there's 24 spots, 12 from the East, could you see a scenario where Colin is voted in? I would love to see it, especially it is in Cleveland this year, isn't it? This next yes, that's right. game. Yes. I mean, if there's ever going to be a season where you want a Cavalier in, it's got to be this one. And there was talk that Colin Sexton was on the fringes of making it last season, the way he was playing and the way he was carrying the Cavs early in the season. Um, and if they had voted him in, I would not have been against that last season at all. And there is definitely a chance he could get in here. However, it is tough, especially amongst the guards in the East. When you look at the kind of people he's got to contend with, um, you know, James Harden, Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, uh, these kind of people, Kyrie Irving, people like that. It's a tough, tough group to kind of break into. What I don't want to sort of go against him is the potential kind of Cavs record at that point. Maybe we ha we do have maybe another kind of, losing season especially when it comes to all-star votes maybe we're not making the headlines and things but if he's playing really well I really hope he's picked up and he's seen for his merits and his positivity and what he's been bringing to this Cavs team this season that would be the biggest kind of kicker if he's playing incredibly well and he's kind of looked over uh, which would be a real shame but there's definitely a chance he can make it 100%. The only issue I'm going to have with it possibly happening is the fact that Devin Booker averaged what 28 a game last year and didn't get in until the or there were replacements. It's always hard. Obviously, the West and the East are very different, but it's always difficult to see who is going to get in. But if let's say he does not, Ben, that leaves us with three other events at All Star Weekend. We have or four. Rising Stars game doesn't really count. We already know Mobley and Akora are both going to be there. I mean, there's mm -hmm. nothing that'll stop that from happening. But could you see any Cavs? I think maybe uh, Garland could sneak into the skills challenge to represent the Cavs. I think if he's healthy, maybe Nance or Allen might want to try the dunk contest and three-point shootout. I'd say we're probably getting nothing. Yeah, that would have been where I would maybe, maybe Ricky Rubio will give the skills challenge a go. I'd quite like to see that. You know, he's getting on a bit, but maybe he wants to have a bit of fun at All-Star Weekend. Uh, that'd be really nice to see. But um, I'd quite like to see 
uh, Larry Nance or maybe Jack Allen, someone like that in the dunk contest. I think that'd be really good, especially now Larry Nance. If he's got his hops back up together and he's, he's dunking the ball like we know he can. Um, maybe Kevin Love is feeling really good and enters a three-point contest, but I'm, I don't think he'd be a cab by that point. So uh. Yes, thank I I really like that take, and I'd like to just manifest it out there right now. Kevin Love will not be a cab by All-Star Weekend. I want to... I want to tattoo that on my wall right above my bed. So every night before I go to bed, I look up, Kevin Love will not be a calf by All-Star Weekend. And that's, that's perfect. No, yeah, see, no, no dartboard. No dartboard. I'm not going to be throwing darts at his face. That's, that's, very, that's very Billy Madison-esque. That's not very, you know, me in basketball-esque. But, you know, hey, look, and I've talked about Kevin Love on every single episode basically for the last year in some capacity. And I understand from both our standpoints, we know the contract, I think you can still kind of justify given his contributions over the prior years and all the drama he had to deal with in the midst of it all. He earned that money at the time, but he's had one good season since. And I just feel like health has been just such a negative factor. And the fact is his attitude has gotten worse because he's become the leader of sorts. There's no one kind of keeping him in check. I think that's where it all went wrong. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he's definitely, I think the contract was warranted after everything he's given to the Cavs and the way he's performed, but uh, he doesn't fit the kind of timeline we're on. He doesn't fit the kind of people we have on the roster now. And it's clear to see he's kind of a, a round peg in a square hole at the moment. And he needs to move on, I think, for him and for for his kind of mental health and for how he's feeling in the NBA. And I think it's needed for the Cavs as well, just so we can really commit to the guys we've got here and, and see them grow and take that extra step. We're not kind of, is Kevin coming back? How many minutes is he going to take? Where are we going to slot him in? How's this going to work, etc. I think for everybody involved, moving Kevin as soon as possible is definitely the way forward. Yeah, no doubt about it. And doing so will open up a starting spot for Evan Mobley to slide in next to Jared Allen, where you got the Twin Towers in the middle, one of them uh, creating from outside in the mid-range, the other guy just dunking on everybody's favorite player in the league, of course. That would be Jared Allen. But, you know, uh, on to the next point. We've got – there's a couple of roster spots still up for grabs, but the assumption is going to be – I mean, if I'm Cavs brass – I'm renewing Lamar Stevens. I'm making sure he is coming back. You know, I, obviously Dylan Wingler will be back. I think Dean Wade will be guaranteed for at least part of the season. So he'll be back. But once the season does start, and we're not talking about who to add with that last, but we're going to assume that Lamar Stevens, Jetty Osman, and Dylan Wingler are all present in Cleveland. If you can only give minutes, to one of them, and look, this is hard because two of them are second-year guys. Wendler's had a lot of injury. Omar Stevens has showed a lot of promise, and Jetty Austin's just been hit or miss. Who of those three, Ben, do you think most deserves ro- uh, rotational minutes to start the season? This is a tough call because, I mean, talking about Jetty first, he has he had a couple of seasons of some real growth, and I feel like his game developed massively. Um, his shooting from outside has improved somewhat, although the percentage isn't great, but um, he seems like a great team guy, great locker room guy. 
but maybe not someone you want to be potentially investing those minutes in, into when you've got someone like Lamar Stevens, who has had a really, really good summer league. Um, he's been scoring consistently throughout that. Um, it looks really, really good at the moment. Again, room for growth, but he's a couple of years younger than Teddy as well, which um, makes me feel like, again, there's that time and that that room to grow and that time to sort of train him up and, and commit to him and maybe give him those minutes. So I think I'd be swaying more that way at the moment um, in terms of who I'd give the minutes to. But I mean, the, the other two, there's not much between the three if we're real honest, but for me, it comes down to Chetty or Lamar. And I'd probably at this point be swinging towards Lamar with maybe Chetty coming off the bench as that kind of supporting unit, maybe a bit of guidance for him um, and just helping him out where he can. Yeah, that's uh, very well put. I think it's it's just unfortunate for Dylan Lindler in one breath. I think he can really break out and have this be the big season because some guys take a few years to get healthy and come through. And we've seen a number of players over the years start out slowed by injuries and then come on really strong and really turn around. He could, but it's unlikely he could even sustain being healthy, let alone, you know, positive minutes. He did have a few good games, but overall a bit of a negative season. Jetty Osman, I mean, yes, he was getting a lot of run by the end of the season as he was throughout. But he did have that week, week and a half where he was just DNP coach decision every day. And we can't overlook that. It's the same coaching staff coming back. Understand if you're going to bench a guy midseason, obviously they had to bring him back because everyone else was hurt. I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't do it again. I'm not saying that they're necessarily going to do that. But it's, it's been done on a team that wasn't showing steady growth and was kind of the same with and without him. So I think yeah. that'll leave Lamar Stevens, who is, yeah, he's been putting in the work all summer. His jump shot still needs a little fixing, but I think he's getting there. His defense is fantastic. And it, again, it was only one game, but it was the one game where Lamar Stevens had the dunk against Atlanta. I mean, he was in for his defense before that. The fact that he gets the ball on a cut and is confident and comfortable enough to just make it, it's not easy to make a basket in the NBA, no matter how open you might be. There's pressure. There's millions of people watching. There's, Obviously, there wasn't a full crowd in this instance, but to do that to the Eastern Conference runner-up at that point in the season is telling that, hey, this guy belongs on the court. So every time he'd be a DNPCD, which had to happen because they had somewhat of a deep roster, it stunk. So I, I too, Ben, I'd love to see Lamar Stevens because he just grinds, and it's unfortunate he's already 24. He's not quite as young as the starters are going to be just because he played his four years of college. But that man leaves it all on the court every time he steps on. Yeah, and that's, I think, something that uh, is quite good. Maybe that's going to benefit them having this slightly older kind of guy on the roster that's going to give them that grit and that determination, that bit of dog. Every team needs somebody like that. Um, and it means that the other guys can go out and do their jobs as well. So he could be that perfect fit alongside everybody we've got there so far. Yeah, no doubt about that. You know, big thing for the Cavs this year is going to be consistent wins. Don't just win three or four, then lose 10. 
mean, they had several double-digit losing streaks. I love to see those done away with. You know, it's going to be a tough start just because they're such a young team, but I think that addition of Rubio will be a really nice upgrade. The Cavs have never had really good backup point guards. You know, when he was a backup or whatever his role was, George Hill kind of struggled. Darren Williams struggled very much. Jordan Clarkson in his big opportunity before he really showed out after LeBron left, he was very bad. Uh, Delhi is really the best backup point guard the Cavs have had, you know, in the last several years. Unless I'm am I missing anyone obvious? No, it'd be Delhi, right? As far as his productivity. Yeah. yeah. So yep. now now you get and you get him for a whole season. You're not getting him in the middle of a season. You're getting you get Ricky Rubio, who yes, he's only been to the playoffs twice, but he scored 39 in his last game for Spain against the United States in which he lost. And I think, look, it's only one game. It's only one loss. Even if it's the Olympics, it's one loss. I think that the, the ability he played with in that one game, Ben, that has me so excited for what he can do because you gave him the keys for the summer uh, for his national team. And he showed out now he's coming in on a young, hungry team. I think maybe that, that performance and look at it's one game. It'll have been a couple months off from when the season does begin, but I think that's a great sign of a hungry player that still has so much left and might be feeling a little slighted that the team, uh, the Minnesota's now given up on him twice. Yeah, it's a real shame in terms of, like you said, him being kind of given up on by Minnesota because he is a really talented player. He's someone I've always, ever since he came into the league, I've always loved to watch play basketball because he, you can just see that he loves the game. Um, he's an incredible passer as well. I mean, talk, calling back to what we were saying earlier, if, if we want the team to kind of up their assist rate and, and from everywhere, who better to kind of instill that than Ricky Rubio? Some of the passes he can pull off are insatiable. They are so incredible. But he's not just a great passer. He, like you said, playing for Spain, he's proven he can be a really, really good scorer. And I think he's done that in the past as well. It's just maybe some of the systems he's been put in, he's been asked too much of, or it's not the role that kind of fits the way he plays. I, I hope him here being the backup point guard and, and having that time to kind of guide our younger players is going to be really, really beneficial. I just hope he's here either for the whole season or at least for as long as possible. Maybe I can see us maybe he, he fits into a trade somewhere down the line and goes to a team hunting for a championship as a backup point guard. But I'd love to see him stick around and uh, be with us long-term because I do love Ricky Rubio. I do too. It's hard to envision a scenario where he would re-sign when that time comes. But hey, you never know what will happen. You know, I'd love to see him stick around too. I'm excited that we got him though because – Obviously, no new free agents have come through. It's a daily question. Who will the Cavs sign? And when will they sign them? It's looking right now, Ben, that Denzel Valentine might be the candidate a lot of people are looking at. And I just think, personally, tell me what you think of this. I think Denzel Valentine is just Jetty Osman with too much confidence. Yeah, I can see that completely. Yeah, because I remember that one play, I think the Bulls were down four with like a minute. He takes a 30-foot, he takes a 30-footer. The announcers are like, no, no, no. Why would you do that? No. You remember that from last season? 
I do remember that. Yeah, <laughs> even when your home commentators are shouting at you, making such a bad decision, you know it's gone wrong because home announcers can be real kind of well, they can be real homers and and stick to stick by their team's decisions or whatever happens. But everyone, home fans, away fans, anyone watching that moment was screaming, "Why you have you done this?" So who you, ridiculous. Who do you think you are, man? No, but uh, yeah, Adam Amin and, and uh, Stacey King do a great job calling games. So I'm glad that Adam Amin uh, has get, got the Bulls gig because Neil Funk was there forever. And he started the Kaboom call that we hear on the Heat calls. They actually, they, they both use it. But anyway, there's a, there's a mini history lesson. So here's some of the other names that uh, I see here that I don't believe have been signed yet that might be available because the Cavs need a perimeter guy. I mean, if they want to go another guard, Frank Nilakina is there. I don't believe Stanley Johnson, the LeBron stopper has been snatched up. James Ennis, I believe is also still available. If they want a, a vet, I don't like him that much, but he can add value. Wes Matthews, you got Tyler Johnson who can play several spots. Langston Galloway, our old pal Alfonso McKinney, you got Dwayne Bacon. I'll go through a couple more and then I'll let you weigh in. We got Paul Watson, who if anyone doesn't know who that is, he had some very good showings for the Raptors last season. He is a shooting guard, small forward. They want to go Caleb Martin. He's already 26, but he's a good two-way guy. Justin James just got cut by the Kings. Two more names. Hamadou Diallo can add some nice value. And if they really want to spice things up, they could try Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. But anyway. Any of those names sound like guys you'd want with the Cavs uh, this year, Ben? I mean, there's a couple sprinkled in there. For me, uh, what the Cavs are kind of potentially missing is the thing that everybody's after is that real consistent three and D guy. I mean, Okoro defensively is really, really good and massively improving, but we definitely need that consistent three-point shooting on the other end to kind of spread the floor a bit more for the guys that we've got working inside uh i don't know who from your list might fit that best in your opinion i mean there's a couple out there that that could potentially do that um or like i said we look for somebody who can kind of be on the perimeter but is also a really really good passer and and take that kind of um burden away from the amazing scoring guards that we've got at that point in time not saying that they should stop assisting full stop but if I've been saying if we can spread it out throughout the team, then that's a great option as well. Um, may, I don't know, maybe someone or someone a bit older, like you said, the Wes Matthews. Uh, he can be a really good shooter. He's um, he's a good kind of. He could be a really good role model for the guys we've got on our team here, and just offer that instant offense off the bench potentially. But I don't know if you've got anybody else that you think might fit that spot better. Mm. It's hard to say, you know, as long as it's not Broderick Thomas, I think I'll be happy. Uh, again, no disrespect to him. I talked about him at the beginning as being a Division II guy coming to the NBA, and I think that that's incredible that he managed to make it. And I'm looking at other names. such a deep list. Yeah. I mean, honestly speaking, if the Rockets struck out with him somehow, you could sneak Armani Brooks into Cleveland. I would love that. He just hit nine with nine threes in his last preseason game. But there, there's a lot of good names out there. I mean, if anything, I'd honestly be – I'd consider 
maybe a Dwayne Bacon. I would have loved Josh Hart if Etwan Moore can be had. You know, he's yeah. not an ideal three, but he did play small forward for the Pelicans when they had uh, Drew Holiday and AD and all those guys. And he was part of the team that uh, won the only playoff series for that franchise during the AD run. So, you know, any anything can happen. But so your final answer is? Oh, um. <laughs> It's a it's a tough one. Let's let's both put put uh, or you don't have to join me, but let's go with Bacon as well here, simply for the fact his surname is Bacon at the moment. Uh, <laughs> he can sizzle. Exactly. Who doesn't love Bacon? Bacon makes everything better. So yeah, maybe that works for the Cavs. All right, and if it's not Bacon, honestly, sign me up for James Ennis because if you can get him in here, he's right. been around some great situations. He was part of Philly. You know, he's been in Orlando when they made the playoffs. I think he started for them uh, during the playoffs, during the bubble when um, Isaac got hurt. So, yeah, there's definitely options. We will see what happens. But now, Ben, I know you've been looking forward to this the whole time. So (laughs) it is trivia time, and I have a very interesting first question for you. That if, if I was looking at this, I would have had no idea that this was the answer. So... In, and there's, this is all multiple choice, by the way, so don't fret too much. There's a 25% okay. chance you'll be right and a 75% chance you'll be wrong. But 25% chance, that's not bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So for Ben Jones, the first question, in which season did the Cavaliers score the most points as a team? Was it A, 2016-17, B, 79-80, C, 91-92, or D, 2017-2018? Um, I'm going to go... Oh, can I have the options again, please? Yes. So it's uh, 79-80, yeah. 91-92, and then 16-17-17-18. I'm going to go... 1617. No. Uh, and this is shocking to me because in 1979-80, the Cavs made 36 threes. But in 2016-17, they made 1,031 more. Wow. And yet, in 79-80, despite finishing with a losing record, the Cavaliers scored a franchise record 9,360 points. Wow, I would I would never have said that. I was erring on the side of the two most recent ones because I know like the, the defense has changed, the threes have up, the scoring has upped across the league. Uh, I would have never have guessed those earlier seasons. Yeah, in 79-80, you had six guys averaging double figures, four guys averaged better than 15. It was they were led by Mike Mitchell, Campy Russell, and Foots Walker. And Austin Carr was uh and he was in that season, but Austin Carr was a part of it. That was Stan Albeck's uh, time as head coach. You know, he became MJ's coach, and then he was a Nets coach, but he never had a very great coaching run. But anyway, that was question number one. So now we are coming in hot at question number two. Which player on this list has made more threes in a Cleveland uniform? Is it... Matthew Dellavedova, 
Kyle Korver, Channing Fry, or Anthony Parker? Ooh. Um, see, I used to love Anthony Parker, but I don't know if he actually... Uh, I'm going to go with Kyle Korver. Ooh, I'd like to say correct because any question that involves Kyle Korver and three-point shooting that does not mention Steph Curry or Reggie Miller would be the correct answer. However, <laughs> the only problem with this is our man Deli played 197 more games in a Cavs uniform than Korver and actually made two more. You actually have this season to thank. Oh. If, if I asked you before this season, would either have been a tie or a Korver win, but – for your for your totals, Delhi 288, Corver 286, Parker 244, Fry 242. That's amazing. You do forget the sort of the Delhi tenure because he, he was there obviously through the championship run and things and then went for a bit and has come back. Um, and those kind of spot minutes where he's been in, he he can hit a three and it's clearly added up. All right, we got we got two more questions here. And then we will say our goodbyes. So this is about, this is, man, this is, this is random. I understand a lot of these questions are kind of just pulled out of nowhere and they're semi-random, but here we go with question number three, which player on this list made more free throws in a Cavs uniform? Was it Brad Darty, Sadrunas Ilgowskis, or Mark Price? Uh, I'm going to go with Big Z. It's got to be. <laughs> You'd think because Big Z played 223 more games in a Cavs uniform than Brad Doherty, who had to retire very young. However, Brad Doherty was so smooth when he was out there that over the course of his career, in an average game, he made more than five free throws, whereas Big Z actually made less than four. There is a difference of this Darty 2741 Big Z 2495 and then on the back you have Mark Price which is 1883 who obviously had the best percentage but yeah uh if I asked you who made more threes between Darty or Ogowskis you'd probably get that no probably not but I'll stick with the Big Z yeah, twenty. <laughs> yeah, that's no shocker. Twenty nine. Though he only he only took ninety nine. I thought Ogaskis was more of a three shooter than that. Ninety nine attempts is very low. I imagine if he was playing kind of his core minutes nowadays, he would be stepping out and taking a lot more and have honed it a lot more. Whereas back then, it was kind of frowned upon, wasn't it, for a big man like him to be even thinking about going out and taking a three. Yeah. It's uh, he'd be basically be a much better Porzingis in the modern game because we, we saw the yeah. one the one play of Logowskis putting it behind his back and just dunking it. It's the part of every highlight. Every time I get a chance, I tweet that out again. Okay. Anyway, we are flashing back to the 2019-20 season, which was stunted by COVID. For this final question, all right. This will be it. This will be the one that ends the trivia round. I am going to name five players and you're going to say yes or no. Did they play for the Cavs in the 1920 season? Okay. Okay. 
The first name is Alfonso McKinney. Um, no. Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> I'll give you the yeah. I'll, I'll, I, will, I will allow the change. Yes, he did. Okay. Dean Wade. Dean Wade did, yes. Okay, good. Uh, Dylan Wendler. Uh, yes. Zero games played. He missed the whole season. Ah. All right. Two more names. Cameron Payne. Um, no. Correct. Because he played the Cavs the year earlier and didn't actually get into the league until the bubble. All right. The final name of the game is Marquise Bolden. Did he appear in any games for the Cavs? I'm going to say no. He did. Bolden appeared ah. just one game for three minutes, but in those three minutes, he had two rebounds and a steal. Wow. And that qualified as an entire rookie season. <laughs> three minutes. But Big yeah, season. Yeah, he. Uh, I actually didn't know Marquise Bolden was a number 11 prospect in the high school class of 2016. It's too bad it never worked out. Wow. What do you, do you I don't know if you'll know off the top of your head. What, where did, what game was it he got those three minutes? Uh, I'm going to pull it up because I, I don't think I remember. I'm going to venture to say it was in the middle part of the season and not towards the end. And the answer is the middle part of the season on February 1st. He signed, I think, a 10-day he was only with the team for four games. It was a loss to the Golden State Warriors, who did not have Steph Curry. So it's – was that – yeah, there was no Curry in that game. Just, just for fun, we'll wrap up here. They scored 112 points in that game. And coming into the game, the Cavs actually had more wins than the Warriors, so that's cool. Wow. Uh, let's see. Alec Burke scored 15. Uh, Marquise Chris scored 10 and had four blocks. Uh, Draymond Green had 16 assists. Uh, and D'Angelo Russell was close to a triple-double on the Cavs' side. Sexton had 23. Kevin Love had 11 rebounds and five assists. Kevin Porter, uh, dang, Kevin Porter, he had 19. And there's Marquise Bolden, a plus-four net rating. Sign him up. Sign him up. But anyway, <laughs> any, any closing remarks or anything you'd like to plug uh, before we say goodbye, Ben? Um, just thank you for having me on again. And if um, if people want to hear, although I'm a Cavs fan, if people want to hear me and my co-host Liam talk about everything NBA across the league um, and have little slight digs at each other as we go and a little bit of fun, a little bit of lightheartedness, then uh, come give us a listen. Uh, we're on Twitter at underscore Hardwood Hoops and our podcast is called the Hardwood Hoops Podcast. Yes, it is a very good podcast. I myself have been lucky enough to hop on and talk about resting guys in the league. And of course, he used the phrase across the, which means if you don't listen, you'll be doing us both a disservice. Exactly. But on that note, for Ben Jones, I am Zach Weiss saying goodbye for now on this August morning. In on the 18th day, shout out Della Vadova and Anthony Parker, number 18, as we will see you next time back very soon with plenty more content to come.